the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So we are stuck with Joe Biden as president for the next three years. Although, does anyone have the same feeling that I do when he appears in public? There are times he appears in public and I'm like, okay, it won't be today. But there are times he appears in public. He's had press conferences. How many times have we analyzed a Joe Biden press conference and after the press conference said, man, that was a disaster. That was just an epic disaster. The one he stayed up there for like two hours was just horrible yesterday's was horrible and they can't get on the same page in that white house biden was asked yesterday at one point i think somebody was trying to you know throw him a <laughs> throw him a bone and give him something positive to talk about probably npr uh, npr is just a complete utter disaster of being in the bag for joe biden I know they pay his, I know he pays their salary. I get it. Nevertheless, like to um, just lick his boots like this. Check, check this out. This is this is an NPR reporter yesterday, a PBS reporter. Same thing. <laughs> Talking to Joe Biden. Um, I still want to get back to your original words that he cannot remain in power. Can you help us understand you have more foreign policy experience than any president who has ever held this office? I'm going to ask you a question that's kind of a tough question. My boss is making me ask the question. So it's not my fault, but, oh, you're just so wonderful. You have more foreign policy experience than anyone else. Yeah, right. Sure you do. Uh, Now, in that vein, the throwing him a life preserver vein, uh, Biden was asked about Katanji Brown Jackson's confirmation hearings. Okay, so so this is like this is the batting practice fastball, right? This gives Biden a chance to extol the virtues of his nominee. It gives him the chance to lie, which you know he's really good at, and talk about how mean and nasty the Republicans were to Katanji Brown Jackson. Uh, this is his answer. And did you get any chance to watch much of the Judiciary Committee here? I didn't get a chance to see any of it, um, The president watched. He didn't get a chance to see any of it, he said. Okay, maybe he told the truth there. Here's a Biden staffer. Last week, last week, during Katan- in, in the midst of Katanji Brown-Jackson's hearing. Um, the president watched portions of Judge Jackson's hearing yesterday and today. <laughs> And is proud of the way she is showcasing her extraordinary qualifications, her experience, and her even-handedness. Is there another president? Huh? I'm asking the question. The man gets up and says, he watched it and, oh, it's just 
got the Chris Wallace numbness up the leg, seeing how awesome she is. Biden yesterday, nah, didn't watch it. At least he didn't say. But I caught a rerun of Cannon. Ooh, really good stuff. Okay. Speaking of really good stuff, speaking of how do we get through the next three years, here's how I get through it. I fast forward in my mind to a day when Ron DeSantis is president of the United States. Because Ron DeSantis yesterday signed into law the Parental Rights in Education Act. That is what the name of the bill is. It is not the don't say gay bill, which is what critics of it have labeled the Florida law that would prohibit any instruction in a in a school of instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through the third grade. Okay, so let me re- let me rethink this now. When you go to first grade, I think you're six, right? Seven, eight. So you can be nine years old in the state of Florida, and it's still okay for teachers to talk to you about sexual orientation and gender. Nine years old. But you can't be five, six, seven, or eight. You can't be kindergarten, grade one, two, or three. This is highly controversial, prejudicial, and uh, marginalizing, the left says, to people who are LGBTQ. By the way, I aren't they adding a, an I and a plus to that now? Isn't it LGBTQI plus? Is there an ampersand coming? Classroom instruction by school personnel, the the law says this, classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. Uh, This has, uh, of course, drawn the ire of the left. It has drawn the ire of Disney. What? Disney. Yes, Disney, which has a multi-billion dollar operation in Orlando, Florida, which, unless I forget the founding of Disney, came to be a transformative company by making wholesome family entertainment. Now, I know Disney has not done that for a long time, and I know Disney's woke, and I get all that. But the Walt Disney Corporation has taken a formal position that this law is discriminatory and hateful when all it is is common sense. Uh, DeSantis is right when he says people are trying to sow doubt in kids about their gender identity. Those who would teach this kind of ideology are trying to tell kids they can be whatever they want to be. This is inappropriate for kindergartners and first graders and second graders Parents do not want this going on in their schools. He's right. They don't. They don't want it going on in their school. And the ones who do, well, then you know what? You can go and start your own woke school somewhere else and teach all this stuff to your kids and poison their minds with damaging ideology, make them hate themselves, 
and uh, increase their chances of doing self-harm. Critics of the law say it's language. And listen to these terms that they think are vague and overly broad. Classroom instruction, age-appropriate, and developmentally appropriate. That's the knock on this law. Overly broad, subject to interpretation. Consequently, teachers might opt to avoid the subjects entirely. At all grade levels, I bet not. I bet you got teachers sitting outside the room, rubbing their hands together gleefully in anticipation of getting their hands on these kids when they're in a grade where it's no longer against state law to indoctrinate them. That's what I bet the teachers are doing. Because I've seen them on libs of TikTok and other liberal social media sites. But let's just tackle that protest or that uh, objection for for a bit, shall we? Classroom instruction, age-appropriate and developmentally appropriate, are overly broad and subject to interpretation. Hmm. You know what else is overly broad and subject to interpretation? White privilege. Implicit bias. Diversity. Equity. Inclusion. Those are also overly broad and subject to interpretation. I will give you... That classroom instruction, age-appropriate and developmentally appropriate, may be broad and subject to interpretation. But so is virtually every term applied as a attack weapon on the left toward the right. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is not overly broad and open to interpretation? Like, it's equitable? For a biological man to be allowed to call themselves a woman and compete against females in an NCAA-sanctioned championship? That's not an overly broad interpretation of diversity, of equity, and of inclusion? I think that's pretty broad interpretation. It's not a woman. It's a man. But because we're diverse, because we're equitable, because we're inclusive, we're not going to tell them that, by the way, you're a man. No, we're going to let you swim and we're going to celebrate you. I mean, come on. You want to have a debate about speaking in generalities or terms that could be meant to mean one thing to one person and meant to mean another thing to another person. We can have that debate. But I'm not taking off the table all the terms that you beat up on conservatives with and act as if we have any clue where the boundaries are on those terms because we don't have any clue. And the reason why we don't have any clue is because you keep redefining them and expanding them to fit your agenda because I will give it up to you. Those of you on the left, you never hold a victory party. You're always pushing for more. Domestic partner benefits became, you know, uh, well, I mean, if they live with me, they're a domestic partner for, for a month or two or however long, and they should get benefits. And then, by the way, since you're giving us that, well, you might as well give us gay marriage, right? So, I mean, don't tell me that the terms that you use are not also expanded, contracted, and morph into whatever you want them to mean whenever you want to mean them. Because that's exactly 
how you have made the gains that you have made in our culture. So kudos to Ron DeSantis. I loved him signing this bill yesterday. He understands the optics of politics because he signs this with like five adorable little children behind him from some private school where they're dressed in their uniforms. And this is how it sounded. He's signing the bill. See, I want this guy in a debate. I want him. Oh, I so badly want him debating Kamala Harris. Biden's not running again. If there's one thing that is obviously clear from this past week, from his gaffes, they're not going to put him out there again. There's more question as to whether he'll still be the president in 2024 than if he'd be running for re-election in 2024. Ah, we have an apology, a real apology now from uh, Will Smith. He needed instant. This is an instant replay apology, uh, upon further review apology from Will Smith, because his apology on the night that he hit Chris Rock on stage at the Academy Awards for making a joke and a very benign joke too about Will Smith's wife Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, on whom he sleeps around and she sleeps around on him. Uh, That's not me gossiping. That is them saying that they have an open marriage. In fact, Jada Pinkett Smith has said, no, we don't have an open marriage. We have a grown marriage. Ah, is that what it is, Jada? At any rate, Chris Rock made a joke about her shaved head, and it was a benign joke. It's like, hey, Jada, can't wait for G.I. Jane 2. I wouldn't have laughed at the joke. Maybe I would have smirked at the joke. Uh, Will Smith became unhinged. He walked on stage. He punch-slapped Chris Rock, went back to his seat. And then I think he embarrassed himself even more by screaming out uh, vile expletives twice toward Chris Rock. And then he apologized to the Academy and to his fellow nominees, but not to Chris Rock. Well, now, it's an official apology if it's done on Instagram. Will Smith said, or his publicist said, violence in all its forms is poisonous and destructive. My behavior at last night's Academy Awards was unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes at my expense are part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear, and I reacted emotionally. Okay, here's a little tip from me on the apology. Don't put the word but in it. I was wrong. I did it. I own it. I'm sorry for doing it. You have the right to hold me accountable if I ever do it again. And have I done anything else to you that I need to apologize for? That's an apology. The but. He made me do it, which is exactly what that is. A joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear. And I reacted emotionally. Not irrationally. Not violently. Not foolishly, emotionally. And then he said, I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. See, you just started it right here. You just start right here. This would have been okay. I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line and I was wrong. Very good. I'm embarrassed and my actions were mm, not indicative of the man I want to be. Mm, 
I'd probably allow that over a strenuous objection, Your Honor. There is no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. Do we live in a world of love and kindness? Not yet. We will someday. And then he said, I am a work in progress. Okay. Aren't we all? So now the question is, will they take Will Smith's Oscar away from him? Aaron, do you think they will take Will Smith's Oscar away from him? For no, hitting? 0% chance. 0% chance they will take his Oscar away from him. Now, I'll do the whataboutism. Because in the past, it's pretty common for Hollywood stars to be insulted from stage at the Oscars. Ricky Gervais was great at it. He mocked the entire room, not individually, but collectively, for its cozy relationship with Harvey Weinstein. But he also has said things about Mel Gibson's alcoholism and racism and other things, and Mel Gibson has laughed it off. Now, Will Smith is an actor, but Will Smith got his start on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I would say there's more comedian in Will Smith than there is comedian in Mel Gibson. I mean, by the way, I just caught Braveheart for the first time on Sunday afternoon. It was on phenomenal movie, Braveheart. And Mel Gibson's done some wacky, funny buddy movies with Danny Glover. What was the cop where there were cops? Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Yeah, what, one, two, and three, probably? Uh, so Mel Gibson has comedic instincts. But I would say Will Gibson, uh, Will, Will Smith is more comedic than Mel Gibson, although Will Smith has certainly been a very accomplished dramatic actor for a long time. But they're not going to take Will Smith's Oscar. In this day and age, taking an African-American actor's Oscar for representing an African-American, Richard Williams, in a movie about triumphs by African-Americans, Serena and Venus Williams, not a chance in the world. Now, there'd be less chance of them taking his Oscar if he had hit a white comedian, if he had hit Ricky Gervais. But what if, what if Ricky Gervais had been the comedian? Because nobody's criticizing Chris Rock, really, for the joke. Everybody's giving Chris Rock a pass because, ah, it's pretty conceivable he might not have known that Jada Pinkett Smith has alopecia and that's why her hair has fallen out. People are just giving Chris Rock that assumption. Would a white comedian be given that assumption? No chance. No chance. What if the Oscar had been given to Mel Gibson and the comedian, Chris Rock, had made a crack about Mel Gibson's wife and Mel Gibson had gone on stage and punched, slapped Chris Rock. Would Mel Gibson still have his Oscar? Do you think? I don't think. I don't think he would. I think it's pretty clear, pretty certain, pretty take it to the bank, absolutely no chance he would still have that Oscar. So, that is the world we live in. Somebody should apologize for that. But they won't. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.